It's been a long time. Now I'm coming back home. I've been away now. Oh how I've been alone. Wait. Hello again, lads and lasses, and welcome back to the STL podcast. It's been a long hiatus, but the lads are back to talk all things soccer, including the sudden collapse of Liverpool FC, the unstoppable rise of Manchester City, the inevitable crowning of Bayern Munich, the unbelievable triggering of the force majeure clause in the MLS collective bargaining agreement, the prodigal spending of FC Cincinnati, and the slow, steady progressing towards the arrival of St. Louis City SC. It's a lot to cover, and we've already waited too long so let's kick off as good as i can be and if you do i'll trust in you and know that you will wait for me it's been a long time hey everybody and welcome back a long-awaited welcome back to the soccer talk lads podcast my name is Stephen ground i'm joined from across the state by justin hornicker justin how are you doing tonight I'm doing good. And I'm glad we took the time off because it allowed us to really nail down the components for our computer program that simulates Ian that actually knows about soccer. So yeah. it's really happy about it. Yeah, we did have to reprogram Ian. That's the reason <laughs> for the long delay. And Ian, uh, enable greeting protocol. How are you doing tonight? How's it going, everyone? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. He's operating exactly as expected. Yeah, it's been a long, uh, it's been a long layoff. And I feel like I don't know. We're, we're a podcast for a team that's not going to exist for two years. I think there's going to be some of that. Uh, and I think a rhythm will naturally build up as we start to get team news that isn't like, hey, look at this girder we just installed. Or, you know, it's, a, like, it's a pretty nice looking girder, I must say. Look at, look at our uh, EA Sports FIFA uh, eSport guy, who seems to be just great. But, you know. Look at our controller. Ooh, hey. Certainly, <laughs> certainly going to try to be more consistent than this break. Just had things keep coming up and here we you know, are. It was the holidays and then. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we yeah, can, we'll, yeah. we'll blame the holidays <laughs> that were two months ago. <laughs> you Valentine's no, Day, stuff President's Day. Right. You squeeze this one in before St. Patrick's yeah. Day. There we go. Yeah, see, we made it work. Um, but here we are. We're back. A lot has happened in the world of soccer. The MOS has almost gone on strike and then it didn't go on strike and then force majeure and other things I can't mm. pronounce or really understand. We'll talk about all of that a little bit. Uh, but let's start with uh, the Premier League because it is the Premier League. I mean, it's right there in the name, right? And it, right. Has, been, it has been nothing but suffering for me. I think that's really the reason that I <laughs> haven't wanted to do a podcast for two months is it's just been dark times for the uh, Liverpool football club. I think... The last time we talked was right before the Liverpool Man U game. Steven, how has it gone since then? Totally. <laughs> uh, real, real bad. And I got it. I, I said maybe that game, like sometime not, not that long from then that I tweeted in our account, like, Hey, I don't think this is a top four team anymore. <laughs> and, uh, a couple of people were like come on man like it's a losing skid but i don't know about all that and i'm not saying i'm right yet but it certainly hasn't turned around since then obviously there's a ton of injuries virgil van dyke out for the year presumably with that awful acl injury never gonna forgive jordan pickford for that or for his tiny tiny arms um Joe Gomez is perpetually out. Uh, I don't, I don't know how you can plan a team around having Joe Gomez healthy on the roster. I think he's extraordinarily talented, but it just doesn't seem to be possible to keep him on the field. So I feel like at some point you just have to admit that and not make him part of Liverpool. <laughs> you know, I mean that's that's uh, that's the negative person in me. Joel Matip also injured. So your top three center halves going down. Not great. Uh, you let go of Dayan Lovren in the summer um, because you had those three guys and you know you figured if anything goes wrong with one of them we've got a couple of people who can 
fill in here or there, a couple of midfielders that can move back and things like that. But obviously you were never prepared to lose all three for long stretches. Joel Maddock got back for like one game and got injured in that game again. Uh, Diogo Jada should be back soon, but has been gone uh, most of the season after a really hot start. He got injured during that first international break. Um, and then Navi Keita was back on the bench, I think maybe even played a bit in their last game, uh, but he has been out for a long time too. And then Fabinho, uh, Milner, and Jordan Henderson are all sort of banged up. With all of that said, and Justin or Ian, if you want to jump in, Ian Bont, uh, <laughs> with your expansive knowledge of soccer. Uh, um yes. I don't think you're welcome to disagree with me if you want to paint a rosier picture here, but I don't think injuries are like all of what's wrong by any mean. Um, I think this is just looks like a team that doesn't have the confidence, doesn't have the swagger, doesn't have the, the kind of joy, if you will, of, um, of Liverpool, especially Jurgen Klopp Liverpool teams of the recent past. I don't think the front three look very creative. I think they look sort of out of sorts, even though I think, you know, Salah has been at or near the top of the scoring charts. So he's obviously still very good, but he just doesn't look quite as um, magical, I guess, quite as able to make something out of nothing as he has been in the past. Um then, you know, I think the, obviously the defense is a big problem. The midfield looks messed up. Uh, uh, Tiago had been hurt for a long time and hasn't really seemed to totally take control. Um, and I think the biggest positional issue they have right now is the fact that Jordan Henderson, because of the injuries, has been playing at center half. And even though he's adequate there and, and, in the extreme pinch that Liverpool find themselves in. I just think they're losing too much by not having him in the midfield. I think yeah. he's a guy, you know, he's obviously the captain of the team and I think he's underappreciated uh, probably in world soccer circles for just how good he is, or at least how fundamentally important he is to the way Jurgen Klopp has built this squad. But I just think not having him in the midfield, not having him shouting out orders, not having him command the pace of the game and command the shape. I think that's really letting them down on top of everything else. And then at the end of the day, if the ball does get back to him, he's a no better than average center half twos. <laughs> like, you know, he's not, it's not like he's making a huge positive impact where he is playing. Um, so yeah, yeah I, I think he's strong. Think that. He's definitely strong as a holding midfielder and mm -hmm. being further up the pitch than he is as a, as a center D and I think for what you lose with him being back at center D you also don't get back by moving him there but you have no other choice when you only have like maybe one healthy defender left mm -hmm. um like I think injuries do play a big role I think we can't oh are you guessing yeah, 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 this because yeah. like I when you look at I think Klopp saw that the teams had problems that's why he brought in Tiago that's why he brought in Joda but then they both get injured pretty much right away. And Tiago hasn't been the same since he's been playing regularly again. Um, mm -hmm. And he's usually phenomenal. So like, I think, I don't know, there's something wrong there, but I think that is maybe figured out, or at least Klopp knows a little bit more what he has if everybody's healthy. I think it's hard to fix that when you don't necessarily know if it's the injuries that are wrong or if it's the like play style or something, something's wrong in the soup, you know? Yeah, certainly. And I definitely agree with you. Like, I don't, I, I think the next biggest problem is that Virgil van Dyke isn't there. Right. Yeah. And, I mean, that's, you know, he's, he's huge. <laughs> not only what I have said before this, that he was the best player on the team, as much talent as there is on this team, but he's also obviously a, a spiritual leader, not in the religious sense, but <laughs> in the team sense. Uh, I mean, and, not that we know of, <laughs> you know, I just, I don't, but I don't think, you know, even without those players that are hurt, that can explain losses to Man City, the injuries can, uh -huh. maybe even losses to Everton. But when you look at like 1-0 against Brighton, um, you know, uh, Leicester City beating you 3-1, to one, um, that, you know, Man United game, 
that we got uh well that was the first one i'm looking at the most recent one what didn't you beat us up the last time back in the christmas period or am i making that up yeah i think so i think i can't find it on the fixtures but burnley one nil like some of those games that we're losing three two there it is yeah in the fa cup and then they like immediately lost after that to some scrub i'm sure (laughs) exactly so you know i think it's the brighton the burnley those are the ones you know Mm -hmm. everton just looking lifeless against everton who obviously have had a transformational season and under their new manager you know look like a completely different team um and all credit to them uh for that but um you know Ancelotti has done incredible things there with all that said i just think they look lifeless on top of being injured it doesn't look it doesn't look like um you know where we also do hockey the blues are a team that are devastated by injuries right now um, for St. Louis fans, and they at least look like they're trying to fight, even if they're literally half their roster is depleted. And I don't think you see that as much in Liverpool. And you certainly, you certainly don't see the resiliency you used to see. Used to be, hmm. if, if Liverpool made a mistake and conceded a goal, they would just be down their opponents' throats immediately, and it would just look like, okay, well, we're just going to fix that then. <laughs> you know? Like, it- I wonder how much of that comes down to, like, obviously Virgil being out, like he's somebody who is just like a statue, not in a bad way, but someone who like doesn't let anything pass in the back. Yeah. Like, you can press a little bit harder when you know that you have that as you're like, get out of jail free card almost. So, like, it's almost yeah. like there's a lack of comfortability there. For sure. And I think, you know, a couple a couple more things i don't want to linger here forever but like, <laughs> liverpool was always a team at their best i don't think they always they're not necessarily the kind of team that just commands possession and has 80 20 possession and right just rams it down your throat but they were always the kind of team that like even if possession was pretty even the other team never looked like threatening if they were well, that's the different that's the difference you know? between like pep and and Klopp, right? Is that Pep yeah. wants possession and Klopp wants you to have the ball so that they can pressure yeah. you. And... But like, but in a way that it was so controlled yeah, that it almost didn't matter. You know, it wasn't like they were letting people get in super deep and get into real high danger areas. And then the counterattack was on. That could have happened, but it was pretty rare. Usually it was just, if the other team had possession, Liverpool was just setting up for their next move, you know? Mm. And so now it's like the ball's just getting in deeper. There are more dangerous chances. And a lot of that stuff isn't the defenders because they're already back there, you know, that's a lot of the midfield and stuff, which obviously, like you mentioned, Henderson not being in there is certainly hurting. And the only other thing I wanted to say, which I may have forgotten, let me see if it comes back to me. It has not, so, uh, you know, um, <laughs> There was something else, but I don't remember what it was. So, um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I think it's a team that has uh, just been through a lot. I think that my closing point overall, which was not the point I wanted to make, um, I think I think they have been through so much over the last two years. And I'm not trying to do a woe is, woe is us sort of thing because every football team has been through <laughs> a lot over the last three years. But if you look back to that, really that just neck and neck run where both Man City and Liverpool won like the last 12 games of the season, you know, um, and if either team had dropped points, that would have been like the end of the title race. It was incredible and so frustrating, but incredible nonetheless. Um you go back all the way to that and then you go through a season they won the champions league that year they go through a season where they have a commanding lead the whole time but then covid happens and that's just an emotional drain on everybody every human being on the planet um and then they come back and it's weird and they don't have fans and it's a weird short summer where they Mm -hmm. don't get to tour and now they still don't have fans but they had them for like a second and they were gone again i just think they're an exhausted team and and they just don't They've accomplished so much over the last couple of years that they don't have anything to be like starvingly hungry for. And I just think they don't, they're just kind of out of it. And it may require a locker room shakeup, but it might also just require a team trip to Malta, which they can't take right now, you know, like. Yeah, no, I think there's something to be said for just that like cumulative exhaustion of like how much soccer have these guys played in the past three years. Mm -hmm. And like, maybe that's why the injuries are happening because they just have, 
done so much. Yeah. Just need that recovery period. Yeah, for sure. And I think the the other thing I wanted to say, I remembered now is like, it used okay, to be okay. with a Liverpool game that if it was the 75th minute and Liverpool was down by one, you just had a feeling like, yeah, somehow this is just going to work and they're just going to pull it out. And now it can be like the 15th minute and a scoreless tie. And you can be thinking like, oh no, this isn't going to end well, <laughs> you know. Have Have you tried giving up a goal in the first three minutes oh, of a game? Cer- and- we okay. certainly right, have, cool. yeah. And it, it feels like, okay, the hope is already <laughs> gone. Like there's nothing left. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's all to say there. Ozan Kavak has been in and he's looked a right disaster at times with some really cartoonish errors and miscommunications oh, with Allison. I think it's way too soon to really panic on him in any way. And obviously it was a loan with an option to buy anyway. So if it's terrible, you just don't buy and that's that. But like, certainly hasn't helped that their center back acquisition, the other one's hurt. The one they got from league one is hurt and Kavak has looked comical to put it. I think it'll be interesting. Cause like every top six team in this league need outside of man city now needs like a needs a defender so yeah, <laughs> like sure. the center back market is going to be hyper inflated this summer it's will be interesting to see who gets yeah. what and teams won't want to spend big money so it'll be interesting right. to see um talk to us about uh, manchester city who are just disgustingly good again. yeah they've done what any other team in this league hasn't been, which is win consistently. It's that <laughs> <laughs> when I you thought, look at, I thought the team was falling apart at the end of the, at the start of the season. Yeah, they totally were. What were they in? Hold on. I have the chart up here. They're down to 12th in week eight. And since then their line has gone like straight diagonal. They haven't lost a game. They haven't lost 26 games. They've won 19 games in a row across all competitions. Oh without Sergio Aguero. Sergio Aguero has been hurt like the entire time. Yeah. We're, yeah. They've been on we're in a uh, post. This is post striker Manchester United, Manchester City. Mm-hmm. Who needs those? Who needs goals or goal yeah. scorers? Have you been, how much of this Man City have you gotten to like actually watch Steven? I was just thinking, I don't think I have gotten to see much of them. And I've seen a fair amount of soccer lately, um, but it's been like Southampton versus uh bamford united or something <laughs> so like i haven't seen i haven't seen much of man city unfortunately it's really interesting like it reminds me a lot, lot of, of yeah it reminds me a lot of like those pep barcelona days where like messi was the false nine and he was playing striker it's like that sort of thing where you have no like actual striker but phil foden is scoring nine goals in 15 games so mm-hmm. it's really scary how good they are and how like spread even everything is if they had a striker of any sort it would be impossible to beat them probably ian bot real quickly what does your programming tell you a false nine is <laughs> oh boy i mean that's when it would look like a nine but it's not <laughs> right it. right you're, you're, you're on it <laughs> what is a false nine our programming has worked <laughs> <laughs> so a true nine um would be a striker right that, that's, yeah yeah just a normal striker that plays in an advanced position and a false nine, therefore, is more of a more of a flex player who does a lot more of like I, I was gonna say, you know, like Roberto Firmino, like that would be anything. He does a lot more play creation. <laughs> he's not just there to receive and be at the end of runs. He's also plays the dropping deeper. Yeah. Say. Yeah, he's dropping deeper into the midfield and like creating space and okay. creating plays too. So kind of your Jordan Cairo type, if you will. Yeah. There's a false nine, something that's like identifiable by like the opposition. This isn't like trying to like trick yes, them in yeah. any way. This yeah. is just called a false nine. Yeah, you it's look at it and you're like, oh, because... there isn't like an actual striker there. It's uh, okay. someone. You might look at the, like when in the pregame, when they're like, here's where people are on yeah, the field. Yeah. You might look yeah. at them and they might be in the typical like, nine position mm-hmm. but anybody that's watched any film will know like you know that guy's yeah. in the drop so back. if you're watching a u.s men's na- game and you see sebastian legit at the nine position uh that's a false nine because he is not right. going to score whereas oh, harry kane right. the, uh, <laughs> legendary tottenham player not a not a false nine just a straight up and down <laughs> straight up, that guy's a regular and a, nine for uh fantastically good one but yeah so you feel like that helped 
I learned something. I feel like I can ingest this and put it in my own programming. There we go. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> we uh, don't even have to program it in. Yeah. The I don't other even... thing. Go ahead. The other thing about City, it's something that is very novel to me, is that they spent three hundred million dollars on defenders, and they actually all panned out pretty well. So that was the other thing is that they've like completely restructured their defense in a way that works and uh, is very stingy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the fact that, like you said here, you just go out and buy a, a functioning defense. <laughs> it's, it's almost weird how much that does work. It's almost yeah. like people forget, like, like, you know, man, uh, Liverpool just pay a hundred million dollars for Virgil van Dyke. And then he's just Virgil van Dyke, but on Liverpool, <laughs> you know? yeah. like it, it's, it's almost too. And then uh, United did that and they bought Harry Maguire. Uh, <laughs> it didn't quite work out. It hasn't quite hey, worked out hey, quite as hey. well. Uh, <laughs> isn't he team captain? No, who is team captain? Yeah, he's, he's, he's he, okay. He is him. Yeah. I was going to say it was Scott McTominay and then I realized <laughs> that was ridiculous. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's city. How about the other side? of manchester how are things going over there are they yeah, nice think, and consistent um, and easily predictable like normal yeah so if you've listened to our last podcast like two months ago just listen to that same <laughs> rant i had on that episode it still applies um they're still in second place somehow like i feel like they're playing yeah. terrible but they always either draw or win in the last minute or lose a non-important game that sets them back the whole time Um, it's interesting. Like they're so good offensively. They're so good going forward for as good as they are going forward. Their defensive structure is just terrible. It's awful. Has has Bruno been the best player in the premier league this year? Would you say I would, I think I could say that. If not best, definitely like most valuable, right? Yeah. Like most valuable versus best player argument. Cause like he is kind of what puts that team together in terms of like not only creating chances and, being the best player on United, but if you take him out of that midfield, as we saw before Bruno came in, it's a disaster. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's uh, they're a team. You know, <laughs> they're neck and neck with Leicester right now, but ahead on goal differential and or games in hand, one or the other. Um, it's weird that like if you just look at it in a vacuum without looking at anything, see, all right, United's in second place. That'd be their highest finish since. Mourinho was coaching. That's their highest finish since they won the league under Sir Alex. But then, like, you go through the roller coaster, you're like, all right, this team is treading water until they figure out how to actually structure a defense and, like, have a game plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is a very strange feeling team. And I think part of that is just that, that kind of feeling that you can't shake that nothing should ever go wrong for United, you know? Um, real quick before we move on, uh, how's United doing in the Champions League? How's that going? It's uh, they bottled it, Stephen. They bottled, uh, you know, <laughs> just slipped away like a Stephen Gerrard goal. Just uh, just slipped uh, it right up. That's right. Um, uh, don't meet your heroes, Chelsea. Frank Lampard, <laughs> brutal. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that went that went so quickly from hey, Chelsea's really good this year. I think Frank Lampard, you know, manager of the year to. Oh, he's gone. He's, he's, he's gone now. It went uh, from, wow, this is going to work like next year. They're really famous. Like, wow, I think they have to sell Christian Pulisic. Yeah. <laughs> you can't, you cannot argue with their results since uh, Thomas Teuchel took over. But before we get there, just trying, analyzing it in a vacuum as much as you can. Mm. Do you feel like they pulled out the rug from under Frank too soon? Or do you think they struck at the right time? No, like I don't know if Frank Lampard is a good coach, really. Like, yeah, Thomas Tuchel sure. is. He has that. He has that pedigree, but mm-hmm. I, Lampard, like, I don't think you can give him. Like, if you're Roman Abramovich, you want to win now. Like, you don't bring in a coach. You know, you don't do the Ole Gunnar Solskjaer thing where you let him learn on the job. If you mm-hmm. are that high pressure and you have that much money tied into the team, I don't necessarily think United should either, but it's happening <laughs> begs the question of hey is signing your own franchise legend to be your manager the best decision um you know i think with um like steven gerrard very vocally wants to be the liverpool manager but that might be at least a little different because he's managing he's uh, very doing well with rangers right now yeah, yeah right exactly he's doing very well with 
a very high profile team, even if it's in a lower league, you know, it's kind of the class mm. of that league, one of the two top teams in, in the Scottish Premier League. So um, I think at least they really plucked Lampard just out of being the coach in waiting for Chelsea pretty much. And, and, yeah, and I think things had gone so wrong before that, they, you just needed that kind of stabilizing force and Lampard that he brought to the team. Yeah. And now, uh, now Thomas Tuchel is in, how do you feel about him and who is he? Tell us about, him. I enjoy Thomas Tuchel. So Steven, you should enjoy Thomas Tuchel too. Cause he's basically uh, Jurgen Klopp, except he's not. Um, so just give you a little feedback. So he started in the Augsburg kind of reserve system coaching mm-hmm. there. Uh, Mainz plucked him out to kind of take over for Klopp after Klopp won the promotion. Um, after Klopp then left Mainz to Dortmund, he took over Mainz. And after Klopp left Dortmund to go to Liverpool, he took over at Dortmund. Um, after that, he replaced Unai Emery at PSG, who he went to the Champions League final and then was fired like a month later because he kept butting heads with the ownership at PSG. Um, and it, he was off for a little bit. And now he's here in Chelsea. I think he's a really good coach. And he can handle star players, obviously. Very, he, very tall. Very tall. Um, he did well with Neymar and Kylian Mbappe, so he can honestly, obviously deal with any sort of uh, attitudes that could be going on in the Chelsea locker room. So, And uh, how do we feel? I'm, I'm taking out, I was assuming an umlaut because I'm a German racist. Uh, how do we feel about his hairline? Oh, it's uh, it needs some work. That's for sure. Um, I think he is. He has one of those hairlines. I think it just stops here. Like I don't think it has any further to go. I think this is as far yeah, back you as. You think? Well, he's he's doing that thing, that wispy kind of flyover thing. In uh, so, some pictures, it almost tricks you, and then in other pictures, it's like, no, guy, give it. I gotta see an action shot. Hold on, I gotta see an action shot on the. Uh... Uh, but to be fair, he's wearing like a beanie in a lot of the Chelsea headshots, and I think that's a good look. I think he's pulling that off. And my God, is he tall? He's like giraffe. How tall? Very like a giraffe. Tall. How tall is <laughs> Thomas? I think he should like. He's only. Five, oh, he's six three. Okay, I saw five <laughs> ten three. pop up, and I was like, "What?" Then these other people I'm seeing are very short. <laughs> well, I think all the Chelsea players are short, anyways. So yeah, that's true. Bad. All their midfielders are like five foot five. I think, if I'm remembering right, Jurgen Klopp is also very tall. I think it's just like he's his waist is like seventy percent of the way up his body. I think that's really yeah. throwing me. There's like this German manager thing where you're like tall, skinny, and have a receding hairline. Mm. I think that oh, yeah. like... <laughs> uh, that's that's the whole thing. That's how you get the job, actually. Uh, in any case, Chelsea have won six and drawn two since he took over. Uh, the only real obvious drawback for for American soccer fans has been that. Christian Pulisic not seeing a lot of feel. Get him out of there. <laughs> yeah. What is your feeling on Pulisic? Do you think he's going to be at Chelsea long term, or could you see another move coming? I don't think time? they'll sell him just because of like they bought him for the marketing power. He, they that yeah. gives Chelsea. Well, there. then they should consider putting him on the field. They should. Know, they really should. Point. And he's he's also pretty good when he does play. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it is about Pulisic that he has something that just gets on the nerves of managers. Like he was in Lampard's doghouse for a little while too, where they, he like wasn't getting played and then came in and scored and they couldn't take him out of the lineup. So because he's American, yeah, he's Her- American. Hershey, I guess. He comes from the mean streets of Hershey, Pennsylvania. Maybe it's his grandma who hates that beard that uh, calls the manager and tells him to bench him. You know, could be maybe that it too. is. Fulham FC. I don't really know why I put in put them in here, except that I like shitting on Fulham FC. Um, <laughs> you know, they've got Anthony Robinson. He looks good. Um, just you know, physically handsome young kid. Uh, what uh, what does Fulham have going for him, uh, Justin? Except for being owned by that guy who owns that other wrestling company and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Tony Khan, Tony Khan. Um, they also have an aging Tim Ream that might want to think about coming down last or retiring in the next year. Uh, just throwing that out there, Tim. Hold on, <laughs> hold on for another, for another year, Tim, and come home, coming home. Like, like P, P Diddy, Puff Daddy, whatever you call He's going to be a days. corpse by then. That's right. Well, hey, you know, will. the MLS is where. <laughs> I was the, like, yeah, for the MLS. The MLS is where corpses go to get several more competitive seasons. <laughs> 
this. Sorry, corpses come. Corpses come to play defense. That's right. Get... <laughs> I'll take it. The uh, relegation race is very interesting right now because Fulham are fighting with Newcastle for that last spot. Newcastle yeah. does not look good at all. It really uh, is a race. A lot of Steve teams Bruce, want those spots. Do we think that Steve Bruce uh, can keep Newcastle up, or do we think that Steve Bruce is probably a bad coach? What do we think? I I certainly think Steve Bruce is not a very good coach, but um, <laughs> he's no Rafa, that's for sure. Sheffield is obviously gone, and Brom, yeah. West Brom uh, is obviously gone. I'm I'm okay with that. Gun to my head, I don't. Uh, Brighton feels very safe to me now. I don't know why. I, I really think they like have him. it. They like can do just enough to not. Yeah. Um, I like their manager. Is that Caleb Porter? Is that or Graham Potter? Never mind. I'm Graham Potter. That's Graham, Graham Potter. Potter. Uh, so close. I got close. Who's <laughs> Caleb Porter? Did I make him up or is he? Uh, no, he's the Columbus Crew head coach. Steve. Oh yes, <laughs> so close, Stephen. Good God. Um, Very close. Uh, <laughs> uh, one of these teams could hire Caleb Porter in the near future, yeah. and then you know, um, might be a good idea for some of these Premier League teams to. Yeah, it might be. Uh, so it really it feels like those last four to me, and I just see Newcastle holding off Fulham. I Fulham are hot garbage, <laughs> um, and uh, Newcastle. I don't know. It just feels like the the pride of being Newcastle is going to carry them. The one big difference here is they are six six fewer goal differential, six mm. six lower. So you know, if Fulham does tie them, that's going to be a hard gap to make up. Um, I think I think Newcastle had the better players. Mm-hmm. Fulham like definitely screamed yo-yo club to me. Like Norwich are doing this year, they'll go down and come back up. But I think Newcastle with uh, Almiron and who's the other star player they have, Maxime Saint, whatever. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Saint, uh, Saint, I can't pronounce his name. Uh, uh, who's I, very good. That guy I keep wanting to transfer for in FIFA. Yeah, Saint Laurent. Um, around is how you say it. I don't yeah, <laughs> they're both very good. And I think they have more skill than what Fulham has on their team. Uh, Anthony Robinson excluded, obviously. Really. So I think like just that can get a lot more done versus like I think they're more underperforming than Fulham is playing to their potential or overperforming. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, and plus, they've got those swirly horses on their crest, right. and I think that's right. real cool. I. I, I uh, Newcastle was my second team for the longest. I just like love those kits for so sure. Black, white, they're just amazing. And the swirly horses, let's just and not overlook <laughs> those. Are like, I guess, literal seahorses is the idea. I don't know what's going on there. But is Newcastle like... on the ocean? Where do this? They're not, right? Where they're not this... at all. I don't think. <laughs> yeah, but if you're in the UK, you're not that far from the ocean, right? Okay. No. Okay. But where do, you, uh, where do you see horses? Sassy. Come? Where, where do seahorses come from, Ian? Tell us that. The sea. <laughs> uh, Newcastle looking it up, looking it up. It is hey, a pond. It is a pontine. It's a pontine. But not upon the ocean. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't call that coastal because it's not. It's like there's the coast is not far away. Maybe the Tyne carries the Sorley mm. horses into the city. Maybe that's the deal. Um, maybe we got to comment on Newcastle's flag later on in the podcast. But let's move on first uh, to our our boy wonder. How you how I do. you feeling about Leeds right now? Oh, I, I will before we move on completely. I love how you're committed to calling seahorse swirly horses. I just want to put that, that out. <laughs> those, those particular seahorses, not all seahorses. Look at them. They're all swirling. And by uh, Leeds, do you mean our favorite Patrick Bamford vehicle? Is that who you're yeah, talking about? That's our, that's the only purpose that Leeds United even serves as far as I'm concerned. Uh, speaking of Bamford, he has 13 goals and five assists in 25 games. Was in third in the Premier League and scoring behind Bruno Fernandez and Mo Salah. How does that make you feel, Stephen? Uh, it makes me feel warm in my heart. I don't know how <laughs> you could dislike Patrick Bamford. For one thing, the man's name is Patrick Bamford. That's just a right solid now. name. Uh, and he, you know, a handsome kid, fought his way up. Had a had a bright Premier League future, then got relegated. Uh, didn't get relegated. I don't think it was like on Leeds when they went down eighteen years ago. But uh, has struggled up with a with a 
championship club and is now back on on you know a team that certainly isn't the class of the premier league but also definitely isn't um anywhere you know in danger of being relegated this year and, and he's a top scorer in the league and i really you know as much as it's a running joke i do kind of love him and i think he's great I will say that like Newcastle in general are very much appointment viewing for me anytime they're on because they just Newcastle or Leeds. Leeds, sorry. I'm, I'm... <laughs> no, I was just, I was Newcastle like, are Newcastle... very much not <laughs> Newcastle. I do not want to watch. Actually. I was gonna say uh... if Newcastle are appointment viewing for you, let me show you real soccer. <laughs> <laughs> Leeds are very much appointment viewing for me, even if they're like losing big because they just don't care. They'll still keep pushing forward and being awesome. So yeah. I very much appreciate everything Leeds is as a football club. Yeah, I think uh, I think they've been great and a lot of fun to watch, and I want to keep watching them. Um, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm going to buy a Patrick Bamford kit before this season's over. I think you have feels to. Right? Are you going to buy a primary or like their secondary pink jerseys? What are you thinking, Stephen? Where are uh, you at? Secondary pink are beautiful, so um, you know, <laughs> might might go with that. It's yeah. hard. I like their primaries though. I like. I don't have a lot of just white, you know, nice shirts, so. This will be one of them. Don't you laugh at me. (laughs) Turn him off. Turn that, turn him off. Uh, Cut his mic, which is internal because he's at the program. (laughs) Kill the feed. Uh, We should have, we should have put a quiz in this, in this podcast. What were we thinking? Um, Let's move on to the champions league and then we can dive into MOS Um, champions league. uh, Bayern Munich going to win it. It feels like, it feels like, yes, right. Uh, I just I, I think they're the best team in the world right now. I, there are some competition in Manchester United or Manchester City, of course, not Manchester United. They're not even United, in. obviously. Um, and uh, PSG looked pretty darn good in their first game against Barcelona. Although I think that may say more about Barcelona than it does PSG. Un- unfortunately, yeah, I do believe so. Like I, all right. So here's my caveat. I think I think you're right. Bayern are the team to beat, but they've been focusing so hard on Champions League that they've slipped up in the Bundesliga a little bit and only have a two point lead right now. So I could see them getting a little bit more preoccupied with the Bundesliga, maybe not playing a full strength squad and getting like upset at some point. I don't know if that's going to happen, but I could see a scenario where. Leipzig are pushing them for that first place spot and they have to switch focus a little bit. I don't see that happening for Man City. <laughs> that certainly won't happen for Man City. I think they've got um, well, they've got the Premier League all but wrapped up. Uh, I don't know. I just feel like Man City, I mean, they are red hot. They're incredibly hot. So maybe mm. they just do it. It seems like the Champions League is the one thing that has been eluding them. Uh, so maybe they throw all their focus on that fire and i will say that's where not having a striker is going to hurt though like yeah i don't that at the end of the day if it's man city versus Bayern, i know who the better team is in my mind as good as man city as hot as man city has been and as good as they've been i'm not trying to discredit them but Bayern is the best team in the world to me so um, and yeah, Luke, Luca Podolski versus, um, or not. <laughs> wow. I stepped out of like 1432. Um, <laughs> what is this FIFA 2008? Yeah. Help me. Yeah, my, my brain broke. What's the, what's the, what's the guy's name? Uh, Justin save me there. There's you're, you're thinking of Lewandowski, right? Lewandowski. That, thank you. Thank God. Oh my God. <laughs> All right. I wanted to say Chris Wondolowski next, and I knew that. Was oh, we're getting so we're getting so out of here. <laughs> I was just throwing together Polish syllables. This is why we programmed you. <laughs> okay, I can't recover from that. Robert Lewandowski. Robert Lewandowski not to be confused uh, with Corey Lewandowski. No, never, never to, to be confused. Down. Uh, probably in jail somewhere at this point. <laughs> Robert Lewandowski versus the no striker that Manchester City has is a mismatch. Robert Lewandowski against nobody. Robert Lewandowski is mm. going to win every time. Yeah. So going to score like five goals. Uh, yeah, but Bayern handled Lazio in a game where um, Lazio's only hope was to just cradle. 
and um, you Ooh, know, basically, was basically put eleven bad. men in a semicircle around their goalkeeper, which I don't know why teams never tried that. Not only did um, they do that, but they couldn't complete a pass from the goaltender to the first line of defense without like Bayern intercepting it. Yeah, I was gonna say that that first goal was so fast, mm. so early in the game, and so brutal to watch that. Uh, it's like, like you just knew that Lazio had no chance at that yeah. point. Uh, who's surprised you so far in this leg? I mean, I don't want to be a homer here. Liverpool just handling their business against Leipzig certainly gave me some hope. Um, and now, you know, pretty heavy favorites going home with a two-goal lead on aggregate, um, two to nothing. PSG also as just didn't expect them to beat uh, Barca quite so badly and I think Mbappe you know just looked like a mega star which he obviously mm. is and was before that but I think it was still something of a coming out party for him especially like Neymar's hurt so that was PSG yeah. without Neymar too which is yeah and to do it thing. with to do it with Messi on the field I think as as you know that's still something uh, but he's with Sergio Dest on the field though that's that's another that's uh like I think you're right. Like PSG has been like, that was a huge surprise for me, not just because it was over Barca. I, I think it's a surprise of like how much Barca has fallen too. Um, my other surprise are my little boys from Bergamo, Italy, uh, almost overtaking Madrid in that first game, keeping them one mil. They're going to, they got them in the second leg. They're going to go to Madrid. They're going to pull out the win. I, uh, Atalantia, I, baby. I legitimately think that could happen. I don't, I don't, Madrid just don't seem quite as imposing this year. I'm not saying it will happen. It's certainly <laughs> going to be tough, but um, I think Atalanta are definitely a threat to, you know, score some goals in the, in the clutch. So at least make it fun. It'll be a fun yeah, game. Exactly. Um, if that's what we're looking for. I think if I'm looking at games, I'm looking at Atalanta Madrid. I'm looking at Chelsea Letty. Um, I think that's going to be a fun second leg, especially after that first one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Portal for Juve as well. Sorry, I cut you off. No, you're fine. You're fine. I wasn't I done. I wasn't done. Ian, would you like <laughs> to cut either of us off with your thoughts on the Champions League? Oh, no. I, I just literally clicked back on the tab to look at the Premier League standings. I'm way behind. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Ian, what has surprised you? What's been your biggest surprise? You know what? On all honesty, I don't. I thought West Ham was not a team. <laughs> like, I mean, I knew they were a team, but I thought they were like, I get West Ham confused with like, Fulham, which has ham in the name yeah. and things well, like that, which is also a team. But then there's full also West Brom. See, there are all these teams that are just yeah, like whatever. All the bottom. I believe, but that West Ham is like a real team. I was gonna say, I and they're uh, in fourth place of all things. Yeah. Uh, David always bless the soul. I think that <laughs> quote. I thought West Ham was not a team. <laughs> described the entire Premier League season. So <laughs> that is, in one word, if you were going to epitaph West Ham being a Champions League team next season, I think that would be the epitaph. <laughs> um, so well done. You've, you've brought some well-needed levity in. Uh, Major League Soccer. So let's do the Quiff's Notes version of this, or the Coles Notes version. Coles Notes for our friends in Toronto and Montreal. Oh, for Toronto and Montreal. <laughs> exactly. Um, I hope at least one <laughs> Canadian listens to this and appreciates that. Uh, so MLS triggered force majeure. Uh, on a scale of one to 10, how bullshit was that decision, Justin? That's got to be a 10 for me, especially yeah. after <laughs> they came out and were like, we didn't want to do this. We had to do it. They negotiated <laughs> a collective bargaining agreement during a pandemic and then used the pandemic as the extraordinary circumstances <laughs> for canceling that uh, collective bargaining agreement. So for anyone who doesn't know real quick, um, the, yeah, the MLS signed a, signed a CBA to do the return to play last mm. season with the hashtag MLS is back, hashtag tournament, hashtag uh, who won it? Was it Orlando? <laughs> uh, who, Portland, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Portland <laughs> won it, but Orlando was in the final, right? Right, right. Um, so in any case, uh, and to, so they signed a CBA, they put a clause called force majeure, which is some fancy legal term uh, that oh, basically yeah. said under extreme mm. circumstances, they could trigger this, kill the CBA entirely and have to negotiate a brand new one. And it was a, mo- it was a one-sided thing. The MLS 
alone could do this. Uh, and they did because they're dicks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, they triggered it be citing that the pandemic, I don't know, was longer or more pandemic-y than they had expected. <laughs> um, and so they went into another round of CBAs. Uh, it was not friendly. Um, it looked no. for a while like there might actually be a labor stoppage, but the story of the MLS right now is that, um, you know, this is still a league where there are a lot of players who can't afford a labor stoppage. Um, I think I heard a couple of times that the median income in MLS, in MLS is like something like 115,000. That might even be high. Um, the low course, players do not make a lot. That's yeah, for sure. which of course is like for most people listening, sounds like very good money. Not for me because I'm extraordinarily wealthy. <laughs> for most people. Oh yes, yes, yes. Um, <laughs> but uh, but you know that's not that's not like I can afford to miss paychecks for three months, kind of money. Mm. Um, the median was one seventy nine thousand, which again a lot. Um, but a full third of the players earn less than a hundred thousand. So when you're in that territory, you're talking about like normal human being salary jobs, you know? So like, that's not a person, even, even if you make $90,000, you've probably set up a life for yourself uh, to be that of someone who makes $90,000 and you've rented a nice apartment and that sort of thing. And like, you can't just go three months without making your paycheck. So they really didn't have a lot of leverage in this scenario. No. Um, is there anything really worth mentioning from the CBA? Um, uh, one of the funny things was at one point there is a report that some owners needed to be told that there are other leagues these players could go play in if they didn't sign the CBA. <laughs> so that one was uh, pretty comical. <laughs> the players they just hadn't play considered here. that they could just leave and play somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a yikes. Um, <laughs> But with all of that said, they did finally agree on a deal and agreed. Uh, they have hundred percent compensation for the year. So that's mm. what they wanted. Uh, it's going through 2027. So we ideally don't have to have another labor talk for a while, which is good because these things are getting pretty contentious. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the owners need to remember that because next time they talk, they're going to MLS going to be in a bigger spot and the players are going to have a little more power. Yeah. And uh, MLS is going to be back in like a month or so, a little, yeah. probably a little over, right? So during all this, um, while the owners were busy telling everyone in the world that they didn't have any money and needed money, <laughs> FC Cincinnati turned full million dollar man Ted DiBiase and spent like, what was it, like $14 million on a Brazilian forward? Um, some absurd fee to sign a kid out of uh, Sao Paulo, I believe. Um, Brenner goes by Brenner. Uh, which, <laughs> you know, I would like to remind FC Cincinnati that while that is very cool, and I hope he's a superstar that Oof. helps raise the um, profile of MLS, they were a whole bad team <laughs> last year. They didn't, they weren't just a striker away from being relevant, you know, oh, like, that they're, uh, they're that's a fully bad team. Their uh, defense not so great. Um, thirteen million dollars. Yes, yeah, you could have used thirteen million dollars to sign a lot of players for MLS standards, and you instead chose one player. And now that one player is going to a team where he doesn't have any support because that's a bad team. So they did. They have talked about some other moves and probably and you know made some supporting moves, but. That is going to be very boomer bust for FC Cincinnati. Which way are you leaning right now, Justin? I mean, like, the thing is, the good striker in this league can at least, like, get you into the last playoff spot <laughs> mm -hmm. with how parity works. I mean, I just think that they have to rebuild their whole team again. And, like, you have a striker, cool, but they've signed high-profile players before that just, like, haven't worked out because they're Cincinnati. And yeah, things are yeah. not great there. <laughs> Rivers. They have a new stadium, though. New stadium looks nice. I'll give them that. I think the soccer players take one look at Skyline Chili and think, I'm out. You think that's it? You yeah, think it's Skyline Chili? It's uh, strange. It's like, what... it's not like the chili I'm used to, that's for sure. Yeah, you've had it, Justin? <laughs> I have had it, yes. Because there's like brown sugar in it or something. Yeah. Uh -huh. It's like fine, 
but it's like it's fine it's fine it's fine chili is this a cincinnati thing? yeah oh yeah no oh yeah yeah oh i'd much rather have toast today by the way national chili day which is why i'm thinking of this but uh it's it was strange and um you know i'd do it again but i <laughs> i'd wear a bib next time because last time it got messy a lot of people spend a lot of money in MOS. Uh, any big player movement you wanted to talk about, Justin? I mean, I think we'll we'll get more granular, if you will, with uh, <laughs> Ian Space just got disgusted as soon as I said that. <laughs> so uh, you said the word granular. When we do, uh, you know, team previews a little closer to the season, but are there any moves that you want to talk about? Uh, Atlanta bringing in Diego Soso is pretty cool. Um, Atlanta's been making some awesome plays here, and I think we're just seeing we're going to see a great year out of them uh and i'm looking forward to that preview because i want to talk about them a lot uh inter miami i guess people like what they're doing as well but there well, haven't been like as many big splashes it. as i remember last year with like splashes in terms of names that you're going to instantly recognize there's a lot of like south american players coming in who are going to be really good in this league but just don't have that uh name recognition yet mm-hmm. yeah it'll happen um i'm excited i'm excited about you know i'm spending a fair amount of money and probably has some more room to spend money with a lot of clubs looking to sell and um during the pandemic i think mls is healthier than a lot of other leagues so um the real sad news out of mls i think that really sucks (laughs) um is what happened to jordan morris you know negotiated a a loan with an option to buy to go to Swansea City. Um, and then in one of his first games there, you know, had a really nasty knee injury and got stretchered off in, a, in an air cast. Um, just really sad. Feels like he has had some really bad luck um, in his career that has kept him from breaking through into, you know, that real top echelon of uh, American player. Um yeah, I don't know. Any thoughts on that? It's kind of heartbreaking. Like this was, I don't want to say this is a chance that he's had chances to go to Europe before, but this is him like proving that he can do it in another league. Um, and then, yeah, it's just like, I love watching Jordan Morris play and I was looking forward to firing up the old ESPN Plus machine to watch some Swansea games, but I'm very sad now. I can't do it. Yeah. Um, I would historically have not been sad at all to miss Swansea games, but um, yeah, just just sucks. Especially just when sucks. John Joe Shelby was their striker. Oh, John Joe Shelby, what a <laughs> legend! There's a man that committed to his hairline, you know. Yeah, you got to respect it by getting by getting shiny. rid of it entirely. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that sucks. Sucks for Seattle. Sucks for uh, Swansea. Obviously, sucks the most for Jordan Morris. Um, I hope he comes back uh, and, you know, is at least healthy enough to be good at Seattle again. And then, you know, if, if that road opens for him um, again, then maybe he can take it, but you know, he has 27 now he has probably most of a year of recovery ahead of him. So, you know, the chance that he's going to have some big European career now in the future seems pretty yeah, I, I like yeah I get the feeling from the conversations he's had with people that like that wasn't even his goal he just wanted to go over there and see what he could do like I think he's always wanted to play in MLS and be in Seattle because it seems like he really likes it and really enjoys being with his family who would have thought of that but um <laughs> yeah I don't know yeah. you get like he's somebody who just does what he enjoys and like that's kind of endearing in a way and then it just kind of hurts that much more when you see it go this way that's right um, and finally, on the MLS front, uh, before we talk a little bit of STL, which there's not a ton to talk about, um, what do you think about Charlotte's ticket prices there, uh, Justin? So, not great. Uh, Charlotte <laughs> announced that they are going to be including personal seat licenses in their uh, season ticket holder prices or whatever. You're going to buy as PSL to have season tickets. I think that's the way it goes. And then I don't remember because I blocked the whole part about the Rams being here in the personal seat license <laughs> thing. Uh, it was I not popular, memory. <laughs> uh, especially towards the end. That yeah, episode. yeah, it's not popular with how this is rolled out either. Um, apparently, it would cost you the same price to be a season ticket holder at Manchester to watch Man City than as it would to watch Charlotte FC. So that that seems, plays really well. 
off. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna speak. Steven, I have a boldly. question for you. Would you rather watch Manchester against I don't know, let's just say Leeds, or would you rather watch uh, the Chicago Fire and Charlotte FC play? Which one would you rather watch? <laughs> well, has, wait, has Chicago Fire changed its logo again yet? Because then that, that might uh, that might sort. No, obviously, obviously the Fighting Patrick Bamfords would be my my choice. I guess it would cost you a ticket on the plane to get over to England, but my, who cares? I would, I would pay that much just to fly away from the Chicago logo. What's a plane ticket cost these days anyway? Like $20? Probably six bucks. <laughs> yeah. Flights to Manchester. Um, Watch. Multiple stops. $977. Oh. Delta can get me 981 yeesh um <laughs> to watch some people ship some things that's I mean, economy <laughs> what Not economy, economy. People shop <laughs> um ooh, twenty four thousand dollar round trip in first class if i'm taking united and swiss airlines who, who does that who would how could you be that wealthy uh i i hope i never get to the level of wealth where twenty four thousand dollars seems like yeah i'll yeah, do that for six around. inches wider of sheets and you know a glass of champagne um, i will say for- steven Tickets to Liverpool are cheaper in case you're like plane tickets to Liverpool do appear to be cheaper. So oh, fantastic. I'll just get a car and drive <laughs> or watch better soccer. Not better soccer, obviously, but uh flying out of St. Louis also just sucks. So you know. Oh no, I changed the setting to first price for funsies and now it <laughs> thinks I want first price for everything. <laughs> and I will never convince it otherwise. Um, mm. but we'll yeah. take that to our other podcast that's right the the travel podcast <laughs> you guys one flight podcast so before we wrap up here let's talk a little bit about st louis city sc the which i think is the first time i've ever pronounced it that smooth i'm proud of you steven uh, thank you <laughs> um you know they're they're building a stadium it's 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 occupying ground now it's a building that occupies mm. space. it's got there's, things in the sky no coming back rebar probably you can kind of tell where the seats are gonna Straps, go hold downs <laughs> uh tico quips you can kind of tell where the t- seats are gonna go um so that's being mm-hmm. built and hey it's gonna be cool we've seen a lot of renders of it now i'm excited obviously um, Academy tryouts have started and Justin, do you by any chance have an inside scoop on how those are going? Uh, yeah, uh, it, it turns out that my little cousin, uh, was on that first tryout team and I, he was asked to come back. So we'll see how that goes, but, uh, yeah, oh, cool. tryouts started. They did their first batch of kids, which are basically whoever could afford time at an indoor Crazy. soccer gym, I think. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what you're telling us, um, besides that they did their first batch of kids, is that your cousin is going to be oh. the first uh, superstar for St. Yeah, City. Yeah, see Connor Lovell on the opening night roster. We'll see if that happens. I can't wait. It's going to happen <laughs> for sure. And then we'll um, get him on the pod. It'll be great. Oh God, yes, that will be that will be our ticket to uh, the kind of fame and notoriety that regional MLS podcasts are. That's right, Stephen. You got to throw around your twenty four thousand dollars. Yep, that's right. Oh baby, I'll be flying first class wherever I want at that point. Get us one of those uh, crypto sponsorships like they have on the Watford jerseys. That's right. Uh, and our, our boy Lutz, uh, he's been a, quite a presence on the Twitters. Um, how are you feeling about uh, old Mr. Fannin's deal? I love Lutz. Uh, did you hear about the rumor of David Moyes' West Ham potentially offering him the sporting director role and he apparently turned it down? Have you heard about this? Have you heard about this? I did not, but that is fantastic if he turned it down. I mean, I assume and he did, apparently, because yeah, he's still It here. was very weird because it was only... like It wasn't like an official report. It wasn't on any reputable sites or anything, but there are a few... <laughs> write-ups about it so I'm, i don't feel like saying it was real but mm-hmm. um you know, it's a thing that could happen let's could get lured away at some point we have to be ready for it i don't want it did they do their um 
training or their tryouts at the old Rams facility in Earth City by any chance? Yeah, that's where uh, Lou Fuse practices. Oh, mm. because there are still numbers on the field, like at the <laughs> football think... field, which is hilarious. What's it called? Is it Earth City practice facility? Is that what it's yeah, called? it's called a hellhole in the middle of nowhere is what it's called. <laughs> it's Have called you ever... I, I used to work... It's called, why the fuck do they build this out here? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I used to work in like North northeastern St. Charles County, so the literal armpit of the metro area, and uh, one of the ways to get there from here is to go through Earth City. And every time I did, I was just like, "What is this? What is this funny business? Yeah, Why so is this weird. here?" <laughs> it's like they tried to convince me. Like Clayton is weird enough, but it's like they tried to be like, "What if Clayton was just..." in the middle of a cornfield on 141 how would you like that wouldn't that be appealing to you it's not it's certainly not so uh any other anything else that we want to talk about before we get out of here i don't know (laughs) (laughs) justin you're you're the uh you're the you're the boss here so i'm I'm the driving force have you guys ever noticed how weird East St. Louis is to drive through? So, sorry, you guys were talking about that in the Whoa. story. Weird? Whoa, weird? <laughs> Whoa, just... I don't know if I'd use the term weird. <laughs> about how... Please continue. <laughs> that was a mic scope on me. Do you know that brewery that's like... It's this old German brewery that's not old. It's from like Germany that they transported to St. Louis that they built in the middle of like the east side of St. Louis. Stag for some reason. brewery? No, Hof Bra House or whatever. Yes, oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yes, that's yes, not. An, I yes. don't think of that as an East St. Louis, but yes, very yes, strange. Yes. It's on the way, and to it's Bell. like, that's well, it's East St. Louis. It's like right outside East St. Louis, and yeah. I, I just you wonder. You type in your phone and ask yeah. it to oh, take you there. It'll oh, drive you through. Belleville com- becomes East St. Louis real freaking fast. <laughs> yeah. I'm not denying that, but uh, yeah, that is a weird thing. Is that where you went? What, yeah. took you, what took you to Belleville in the first place is my question. I forget. We were doing something there. Like my dad planned it at, and I was driving and I'm like, where is this place? I drove through East St. Louis. I've driven through Belleville. I've never been here before. And it's just like in the middle of this field, there's just this like giant shining brewery. It's right very strange. Right across from Our Lady of the Snows. <laughs> uh, oh, yes. My mother, my mom grew up in Belleville, so I'm fairly familiar with the area. Um but it is a strange area. That whole that city is real strange. I don't like it. I the last time I was in Belleville, I saw something at the drive-in, which is great, and everything else <laughs> um, I didn't like. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird because it like used to be very German, and now it's not anymore. And it's like, but it still feels that way. And it's like you go ta- you go downtown, and it's like too fancy. Like if you go to the square yeah. in Belleville, you're like this town. I don't feel comfortable here. (laughs) Well, you're like, if you go like right around the core of downtown, you're like, there is so much money here. And then if you aren't in the core of downtown, you're like, there is not that much money here. And it's like a weird holdover, like big, there's like a big Catholic cathedral and stag brewery is in the area and stuff like that. And then it's just, it's just like a weird juxtaposition of stuff. I find Illinois very odd. I'll be like, anytime I'm in Illinois, it feels... I, I don't know maybe this is me but i feel like when i enter illinois anywhere in illinois i feel this real very low grade hate emanating from it for chicago uh-huh. yeah, <laughs> like yeah. the minute i enter <laughs> illinois they're like yeah this is illinois and we're well aware of the big fucking thing up north <laughs> yeah yeah for sure everything wishes it was chicago and also hates chicago <laughs> for sure um so those are our thoughts on Belleville and East St. Louis. Yeah, I just wanted to take it there after we talked about Earth City, so I apologize for that. Oh, no, they're the, uh, they're turn around, the same feel. How was, how was Hofbrau House? I know it was cool. I, I liked it. They had good beer and good food. but Yeah, that's cool. Was, I do want to check it out. Sometime. It's in a strange place. And there's like no one there because I don't think anyone knows about it or knows how to get there. Do you have those in Germany? <laughs> I think so. I think okay, I thought that so was I think story. I was like, I've Hoff, been to one in Hoff Germany. Brown is like the AB of Yeah. Germany. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. My okay. dad, Crappy. 
uh-huh. crappy. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, it was very uh, run of the mill. I just say. <laughs> my dad uh, was a, stationed in Germany during Vietnam, which is about as good a place as any to be stationed during Vietnam because it's not <laughs> Vietnam. Uh, but he was he was fond of a beer called Lewenbrau, which was like the second. Mm which just means lion brew, which is a cool name instead of Ooh, brew, cool. which sounds pompous. And of course, all German beers are the same shit, right? Because of all that. Uh, oh yeah, there's one rule. Stuff, yeah. But, um, but yeah, like I, I looked for low and brown form once for one birthday and found it at like a fryer tux for like oh, cool. $7 a bottle. <laughs> what, does it say, what does it say about your country that you have to legislate what they can put in beer? That's, it that's says what you're I'm alcoholic. But yeah, it's, uh, um, it's, it's great. Germany's all good. I think it's all good and nothing's ever been bad about Germany. Mm-hmm. Hey, there's a Livenbrow house too that looks exactly like that place. But, um, you know. Do you think Lutz goes there often? Should we take him there? Do you think? I, let's do it. I, if we can do a live <laughs> podcast mm-hmm. at a Hofbrau house with Lutz. Take, take Lutz Spanish Shield. That and, would uh, be the day I would uh, die of just pure joy. <laughs> and germanic excitement um anything else boys are we are we good to get out of here i'm good i'm good my cat's pointing at the door i don't know if you guys heard her but (laughs) i am i am going to solemnly swear that it will be less than eight weeks until we podcast again big problem that's i know it's that's big talk but i'm i'm thinking we can get it done uh well maybe we line up some flags to talk about Mm. maybe maybe some other beers send us your favorite beers maybe we'll sample send us your favorite uh, (laughs) nautical based city flags we'll like that as well (laughs) send us your favorite pictures of spinny horses yeah or whatever i call them (laughs) and we'll all we'll just have a great time but until then folks as they say in uh Belleville uh, goodbye because they don't speak German anymore <laughs> and uh Alphiers Adios See ya Ich werde nie vergessen wie ich mich so krass in dich verliebt hatte kaputte Jeansjacke dein schwarzer Lidschatten ich kann mich erinnern wie du sagtest dass du niemals gehst ist schon okay denn später tut mir das nur wieder weh und auch wenn du jetzt meinst dass du dich irgendwann mal treffen willst gibt es kein Happy End für uns wie bei einem schlechten Film denn dass wir beide reden macht einfach keinen Sinn ich würde dir so gern vergeben auch wenn es scheinbar nichts mehr bringt ich hab versucht mich zu verstellen und tut die Wunden nicht nach